Only Alchemy, the podcast where we talk about spirituality that's relatable and not woo-woo. If you are brand new to spirituality or deep in the rabbit hole, this is for you. We talk about what really matters and open up our minds to the universe. Okay, we're live. Hi, everyone. This is, do you like jazz or Jasmine better? Yes. Jazz. Okay, everyone, this is Jazz. Hi. Um, we're new friends. We met in person officially, what was that, two weeks ago? Was it the full moon? Yeah. Okay, yeah, on the full moon in Sag. And we've been TikTok friends prior to that. But now it's official. <laughs> so to me, it was like, again, so synchronistic. We were just talking about that. It was too perfect. How everything like aligned. Very much the stars aligning. I know. And I'm trying to convince you to come back to LA. Everybody. <laughs> so I'm, myself, I'm like, okay, I have to like come up with a plan now. How am I going to get back? Because I spent a year and a half away. So I was too sad to come back when I had to leave because of the pandemic. And then going back, like very much a new person and meeting new people that are now like same frequency. I was like, oh, now I need to come back. <laughs> I have friends yeah. here. So it was good. Yeah, I know. That full moon was intense. I feel like the next day we did like sound bowls and we burned how would you even describe what that was with the fire? Like we wrote down what we wanted to release and burned it basically. Yeah. It was like a letting go ceremony in a lot of ways, like writing down what we were ready to release and get rid of energetically. And then I remember the next day you texted me, you're like, I feel like I have a healing hangover. And I was like, dude, same. I couldn't get out of bed the next day. I was so drained, so tired, but I felt yeah. good at the same time. So it was just a lot of energy that we moved. Yeah, I definitely, like, the next day, it's like a train had hit me. Something <laughs> something within me had come out that I just didn't even know was there. Yeah. And that day, I had so much energy coursing through me. I could just feel it. Like, I was, like, like for me to not have had dinner at that time is so rare. Yeah, we were so hungry. <laughs> I was like, I'm hungry, but I still have so much energy. It's like, I, I don't even need the food for whatever reason. It was wild. And then the next day, it yeah. was just the complete opposite. Um, yeah. But how have you found this new moon in comparison? This one's definitely more emotional because now we're in cancer season. Uh -huh. and just the other day, we had the Roe v. Wade overturn. So that was like a huge hit of energy that we all, it was like a tidal wave of energy that activated all of us and we're all yeah. feeling that so we're all very activated and triggered by all of that right now so it's been intense and i'm a cancer sun and i have a oh cancer in my ninth house so i'm feeling very emotional these last couple of the even like leading up to from the since the sag full moon um, after that, it was like, I was really emotional being back home in LA and then coming back to Vegas and just kind of being back in like my day-to-day -day routine was like, 
this feels kind of heavy now. And it was like yeah. all of these emotions coming up. And we had talked about it too, just like feeling like all this like frustration. And it was just days before this happened. So it was like, we're already tapping into that energy. Totally. So it's like you're getting on the wave of it and you're like learning how to surf that energetic wave when it comes. And oh I got chills. Yes. So often, seriously, so often when you say things, I, even when we're texting, I will get full body chills and I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. No. Leading up to all of that, like, was so intense. And I was just like, some days I was really like in the fetal position. And I kept saying, like, I don't know what is going on. Like, I don't know what's going on. And despite the fact that I consider myself intuitive, like, there's some things that you just can't predict. Right. But no, it's like definitely you one of them. You know something's coming. You don't know what it is, but you're just like preparing for it, and that's mm -hmm. definitely what it was. And like, was it two days before? Um, I think it was maybe the day we were texting. But I was feeling really frustrated. I woke up super heavy that day. It was like a really dark, cloudy day, stormy day in Vegas, which is not usual for here. So mm -hmm. it just like matched my mood, and I like had to go out and like get out in nature and move around. And it was probably like six o'clock at night, but as I was driving there, this song Rebirth was on. I can't remember who sings it, but like the lyrics were just very synchronistic as to like what I was feeling, but it brought up so much emotion. I was like screaming and crying until I got to the mountains. And then I was like, okay, let me walk it off. And that's when I saw, I posted a TikTok of like this rainbow that I saw in the darkness of like the clouds. And wow. rainbows for me are like a symbol from my grandma who passed last October or at least here. Um, and I was just like, oh, that I needed that reassurance after like this meltdown that I was having. Cause I was like, I don't even know what this is. Like, this doesn't feel like it's mine. It just was like, all right, feel it, let it move through you, like release it. And then I just felt more calm. I was like, okay, that's a good omen. That's a good sign. And then before we came on today, earlier this morning, I was outside and this giant hawk came out of nowhere and its wingspan was huge. And it just like soared. It was like floating down towards me and, <laughs> and I was like, is it going to like come after us? But then it just kind of like flew and like swooped away and just like took off. And I was like, is that common to see that in Vegas? Like do those birds, are they native to the area? They're around. I've seen them a few times, but they, they're usually like really, really high up or they're like circling something and you'll see them off in the distance. But this one was like right over my head. Like it just came out of nowhere and like swooped down. And I, I was like, okay, that's a good sign. And I wrote down what it means. Cause I was like, this is like perfect for the podcast. What does it mean? Like an animal totem meaning? Yeah. So the few things that I got from it, it's spiritual awareness, intelligence, clairvoyance and to pay attention, but it also means higher consciousness, awareness, enlightenment, and to um, observe deeper meaning and seeing things from a higher perspective. And I feel like that's oh so- God, again, chills. <laughs> it's so in alignment with where we're at right now. Like so many of us are seeing beyond the veil and the illusions, like it's all falling away. 
And yeah. we're seeing it now from like above the clouds. Oh my gosh. I, want... I was getting the other day. <laughs> no, you're so spot on. Like I literally just want to stop crying because <sighs> the veil is so thin. Like I was, when I was preparing for the call, I was, you know, my dogs are crying. If you can hear that. Um, <laughs> when I lock them out of the room, they stop crying. I was putting my makeup on and I was like, having this moment. And I said to myself, like in my higher self coming through, I was like, I had to physically say it out loud. I'm in this timeline. I'm in this timeline. Like I felt literally like I'm being split between two completely different worlds of sorts. And I just kept trying to like anchor myself into this present moment, whatever timeline that may be for me. But it was like, I feel like that's what a lot of this anxiety is. There's not only like the collective energy that you and I and so many intuitive, sensitive to energy, whatever you want to say, but feel that I have to keep disconnecting from the collective and just trying to bubble myself. But then second to that is like, collectively, it feels like we're shifting and I don't know which way we're shifting in terms of the timeline being like worse or better. Like I can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely feeling that and seeing that. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages to like saying to anchor in, like I am on my highest timeline because just anchoring that and telling your subconscious to make sure that like you're staying conscious of that and staying in your center right now because the whole tactic here is to attack our emotions and our emotional state, because when we can lower back down to, you know, these lower vibrations, like the anger, which is justified and anger is fuel as well. But if you get stuck there, you can get pulled into that. And they did it also. I think I mentioned this to you the other day. It's like, it was a portal day. It was a six, six, six portal day. It was the last one of June, which is also a six month. And six looks like a pregnant woman's belly and it represents the divine feminine and the people. And so it was an attack on our emotions in a way um, to suck us back into that. So it's like, but we're so aware of it now that we know how to stay centered. We know we have the tools now to bring ourselves out of that and to move more into the love and the unity, which is where we are going, at least the the ones of us who can see that. Yeah. That's the challenge. I think also when you start to develop yourself energetically and spiritually is I like to say it's like a catch 22 in a way, because yes, you can, you feel more yourself and you're more connected to yourself, but at the same time you're connected to everything else. Yeah. And when, Yeah. And not only confusing, but when these big events happened, um, like even with Ukraine and Russia, like I don't want to necessarily get into that, but when that was all happening, like I could tell and feel the collective energy of that chaos. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's so important to just disconnect Mm -hmm. Just keep saying it over and over and over again. And it's not that you are trying to like ignore what's happening or ignore it as a whole, but like, like feeling everyone's everything is just too much. It's a lot. Yeah. 
And it's exhausting if you get stuck in that cycle of it. So it's like you do have to detach yourself to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because you have to be your best to move the consciousness higher with everybody else, right? So that's why it's so individualized as well, but we're all connected. So it's like the more we can focus on keeping ourselves healthy and in tune and centered, the better we are as a collective moving forward. And now that's been like, that fire has been activated. That divine oh my gosh. it that sacred rage <laughs> has like you can feel it. It's just like a fire just went wildfire. Yeah. It really reminds me of like just going back to like the sixties and the seventies and like I get why women were just so enraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it only just feeds the story that women are crazy like we're just emotional crazy people because gaslighting and manipulation and that's the other message that i've been getting is like this is very much the epitome of a narcissistic relationship if you've ever been in one of those i've been in plenty that was (laughs) the kickoff to my big big awakening in 2019 um and that's what they do they gaslight you and they they create this reality that's not true, but they make you believe that it is, or that you're wrong or you're crazy, but you're seeing through it and they're telling you no and making you question your reality. And it's like, now we're at the point where it's like, we're at that breaking point of like seeing through it all, seeing the abuse for what it is. And the only way to um, get rid of that is to disconnect from the narcissist is go no contact is to completely like take your energy, your power back because that's what they do. They're siphoning your energy. Yeah. And that's like on a big scale right now is like the dynamic. Powerlessness, the feeling of powerlessness in all of this is like for me. And I think a lot of other women that I've spoken to about it is the most overpowering emotion at the moment is just feeling like there is nothing you can do. And maybe as one person or one individual, maybe there isn't, but like as a collective and as a whole, it's powerful. It's powerful. And, you know, I think even just mothers and the protective energy that comes out from a mother. I can only imagine, like, if I was a mom and I had kids and this was going on, like, I think everything I would, I'm feeling right now would just be tenfold. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like that mama bear comes out. And it's like, no coincidence that happened at the beginning of cancer season. Cancer is the mother. Cancer yeah. is the nurturer, the mother, the caregiver. Um, and so that there's like, you know, again, there's like an attack on that. And um, right now, dark, uh, Black Moon Lilith is in Cancer as well. And that's representative of the Dark Mother. So like going back to like the narcissism of like, do you really think you're worthy of having your autonomy or your rights or your freedom? Like, do you deserve it? It's kind of like that, that dynamic going on. Yeah. The surface. And now it's like, no, we're taking that back. And I also, I think of all of the clients, I don't know if you've experienced this with your Reiki clients, but 
I often find a lot of women who have come to me with different issues that they don't realize are related to maybe their sacral or their womb or their reproductive, any parts of their reproductive, yeah. you know, I, when I'm like working on their energy, we'll st- I'll start off like, okay, yes, that's fine. We can work on what your intention is, of course. And then I go in and investigate. And when I get to their sacral, I'll often have to ask them different questions like, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Have you had a miscarriage? Have you had an abortion? Have you had a really traumatic pregnancy experience? Like all of these things are so much, there's so much energy that they just hold onto that they don't even realize is affecting the rest of their whole life. Yeah. I had a client like that and she was having a really hard time. Um, and I helped her connect that it was due to, she had an abortion, but she did it because the man forced her to do it and she didn't want to. So it was a a different dynamic. And so she carried like all this guilt from it and she was carrying that around. And like, that's what is creating all of this chaos because you're holding on to that. And that happened like 15 plus years prior or something like that. So And that's the thing with women, we carry all of our emotion in our womb. And it also goes back to like your partners, like you're taking on that person's energy. And if you're somebody who's in an abusive relationship, who's taking on all of that energy, you're taking it. And that's why they feel better. They're they're fine. (laughs) You're carrying all of that now. Like you're carrying not only your own shit, you're carrying theirs too. And that was a huge realization that I had in my awakening because I got really sick from the person I was with. I was, you know, 92 pounds and I thought, which I can't even believe that that's even possible because of how like petite you are already. Yeah, it was bad. And nobody really around me seemed to be worried. And I, I was so oblivious to it because I was so just wrapped up in like not knowing what was real and just trying to survive. And it was, it was scary. And until I started to get into energy work, that's what literally changed my life and helped me like get rid of all of that and clear it because it was so dark and so intense because I am super empathic and highly sensitive and I didn't really understand that until I understood energy and I was like, Oh, this is what I've always known. I just didn't know how to interpret it or have like words for it. And then every language were going on. And I was like, Oh my God, my whole life is making sense. Now it's clicking. It's crazy. Context to what's happening to you is so important when it comes to like energy work and spirituality and like the part, the one person that, comes to mind beside myself and my own, you know, journey on that is my husband is so sensitive energetically, but doesn't have the language to describe what's going on. Yeah. So that's why like, I'm so passionate about like having conversations like this because if you don't know what's going on energetically in your body and you're feeling all of these things and you think it's completely all about you, 
you think there's something completely wrong with you. Like, how can you ever differentiate, right, between someone else's energy? Exactly. And that, that's what it was. And that's where boundaries come in, too. Like, having emotional and energetic boundaries. I didn't know how to do that. I was, like, such a people pleaser. I just said yes to everything. I stayed in relationships longer than I should have because I didn't know how to just, like, say no. Um, and that was a big lesson that I was learning coming out of that relationship. And I'm grateful for it now because I've learned so many lessons, <laughs> big, big lessons. And it got me back to like good health because if it wasn't for me hitting like that rock bottom with my health, I don't think I would have ever figured it out properly or would have taken a lot longer. So that's another thing. And realizing I was carrying a lot of other people's burdens and stuff yeah. that wasn't mine energetically, which was why it was contributing to my health. So once I got rid of all of that, it's like, I got better so quick, like so fast. It's crazy. It's And then those crazy thoughts that I was having gone, like <laughs> I would have all these like weird, crazy thoughts. And then once those people were out of my life, it was like, I don't hear them anymore. They're gone. <laughs> that is so interesting. It's yeah. always a fine line, I feel like, especially, you know, in the mental health community, speaking about anxiety and how to not entertain your anxious thoughts, let them pass, like a lot of mindfulness and all of that sort of thing. But because it's so hard to prove, like, whose thoughts are what, you know, yeah. so much of spirituality is impossible to prove. And it's just people's experiences and stories and, you know, that create this common ground where we're like, oh my gosh, that happened to me as well. Yeah. But like when you said that, all I can think of is just you and that experience thinking it's all you and all of your anxiety and all of your own thoughts. And it's like such an easy solve, which is just detaching yourself from that one person. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like caught up in a lot of toxicity and I couldn't recognize that. But like I did at the same time, it was very strange. There was this one part of me that was like telling me, my intuition was like, this isn't for you. Get out of this. Like, yeah. stop. Like, you know better than this. You deserve better than this. Like, what are you doing? But there was the other part of me, which I recognize now as my inner child, who was very, very wounded and very just like unhealed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that she existed. And so that was a huge part of the journey was going into inner child and doing shadow work. That was also part of the transmutation that happened was like, I was crying out for myself, but I didn't know that's what it was. It was like, I was looking outside of myself the whole time. And it wasn't until I could learn how to turn inward that it was like, oh, I was neglecting myself. Yeah. And that was a huge lesson and a huge turning point in the path. That's when I was like, all right, we're going to heal. Cause like, I'm not letting that little girl be stuck in that place anymore. Yeah. I still have my phone background as the picture of my younger self. Because of me on my fridge. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's probably less weird for people when they see like your phone light up. Because I've had a few times since seeing you where I'm like, 
do I pretend it's like my daughter? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, yes. They're like, you look exactly like her. I'm like, I know. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, did you have her like really young? Yeah. No, that's so funny. But do you re- do you remember like the first energy healing you ever had? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was. This was around the time I was really sick and like, I felt like my whole world was crumbling. Dark night of the soul, hardcore. (laughs) And I was looking up holistic ways to deal with anxiety because I was having panic attacks, like almost on a daily basis. I'd wake up instantly in a panic attack. I would throw up from anxiety. I just was like, it was so out of control. And I had anxiety my whole life and I kind of identified with it Mm. but at that point it was so extreme that I literally could not function like a normal human being and so I was on medication for the first time and I didn't want to be on medication I was like there has to be a better way that I can heal myself and not have to be on medication forever because I felt like that was just a band-aid and so I was taking the medication but then I found I came across Reiki and I had heard about it prior but it never resonated. I was like very skeptical too. So I was like, yeah. same. Like, what? Like how? I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. And so I always kind of brushed it off, but it kept coming up. So I was like, I'm desperate to feel better. Like I don't give a fuck at this point. Like, right. I'll do anything to feel better. <laughs> That's literally where I was at. And so I went to this guy who was also downtown LA. He was amazing. And so we actually had like, it was almost like a therapy session. So it was like a two hour session where we sat together and he helped me just like understand my anxiety that I, like my anxiety wasn't me, that it was Mm -hmm. stemming from something that was rooted in me from like a long time ago that was unresolved. And he helped me like find that thread of like where it began. And that was like the first time that ever happened for me. Cause I've been in therapy on and off for like a decade. And no one talked about childhood, (laughs) child work, or it it was like a two hour session of like 10 years of therapy. Yes. That's how I always say, that's always how I feel about energy healing with people. I'm like, you won't understand how much you can do in like 30 to 40 minutes minimum. Like my sessions, I think a maximum 45 minutes. I always seem to go over though, because I get lost in time, but you can do literally 10 years of work in one session. It was nuts. And so, yeah, we, it was more of like talking for about an hour. And then um, I got on the table and he helped to like move a lot of energy for me. And it was crazy because after I was like the relief I had felt was, I, it was undeniable. And I was like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> I need to know. And I've always been like very witchy. Like ever since I was a little girl, I was fascinated with witches and the paranormal and like spooky things, all that. I find out I'm a Scorpio rising and my Venus is in the eighth house. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Did you know anything about astrology at that point? Or is that just another foreign concept? I think around that time was when I started to get back into astrology in the terms of like reading a birth chart. Like I always very much identified with being a cancer. That was something I've always uh, resonated with. I even mm-hmm. have like a little 
print tattoo that I got like 10 years ago. So I was like, I'm such a cancer and I have a cancer stellium. So it makes sense. <laughs> and it's funny because once I started to learn my birth chart too, everything, there was more lights going off. Cause I was like, wait, this makes so much sense. I have a stellium and cancer opposing a stellium and Capricorn in my third house. And it's like this energy, this like war energy inside of me. And I was like, oh my God, this is my life. Like this is my internal world. It made, it just made sense. And that really helped too, because coming out of a relationship that I was in, I completely lost myself. I was just like a shell of who I was. And I was like, I need to figure out who I am again. And that's where like the Reiki came in and then the astrology. And then that led to like human design and my personality type. And I find out I'm an INFJ, which is the rarest personality type that there is. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't done my personality type. Fucking weirdo. Yes. yes. I would laugh so hard if I was, if I was the exact same and you were I, like, I bet you're an IN something for sure. Cause what does the IN stand for? Um, intuitive, intuitive feeling. Oh, okay. So with INFJ, we have this extroverted intuitive feeling. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So we naturally just feel everybody's emotions around us and we pick up on everything around us. So that's why my whole life I was always like, like I was so shy. I was like Mm -hmm. when I was a kid because I would be so overwhelmed at school, in places with a lot of people that I would just like freeze. Like I would dissociate because it was just so overwhelming. And when I started putting all the puzzle pieces together, I was like, this makes so much sense. And that's why energy to me was just like, like that was like the holy grail of like what I've been missing this whole time that I couldn't validate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) I get it now. I know. I feel so similar, like depending on, actually besides select few people, you're definitely one of them. I'm pretty shy when I first meet people, like, like, especially if I don't, like, I obviously knew you and I knew that you were into spirituality. So like, I knew that that was going to be a topic we could talk about literally in seconds but talking to most people, very shy at the beginning. Um, and it often comes across as like, what's that expression when you have resting, bi- resting bitch face? Yeah, I get that all the time. I'm told I'm intimidating all the time. And I'm like, really? I don't, I don't get I was like, Me too. I'm like, not. <laughs> but I get it also at the same time. So Yeah, I get it too. But like, I'm like, if you could only see what was going on <laughs> internally, that's the complete opposite to what's actually happening. Totally. Because yeah. <laughs> well, you're also a cap rising, right? Yes. Well, we think you're a cap rising. I'm either a Sag or a cap rising, but I really don't connect with Sagittarius energy. Yeah, I see more of the Capricorn. Rising. Yeah. And my humor is very Capricorn. Like... I can have a very dark sense of humor and find things that probably most people don't find funny, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Cause I have the Capstellium in my third house, which is the house of communication. Yeah. I think that's also why a lot of time I would just stay quiet. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'll say something and it just, cause I'm Sag moon too. Sometimes it can come off 
maybe too honest sometimes. I think that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Or like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. (laughs) Well, you having that people pleasing and then having that at the same time, like you would constantly be in conflict of like, what the fuck do I even say? Like, (laughs) exactly. So I'm just like, I'll just stay quiet. I'll just keep it inside. (laughs) Yeah. I have the same, the same issue, but you can also, even with just, you know, being jokey or trying to be humorous, you can never control how something like lands with somebody, you know, like they may interpret it the complete wrong way. And that was obviously never your intention. Right. Absolutely. So it's just always go with the joke. (laughs) (laughs) But I get that because Capricorn can be like kind of dry. Super dry. (laughs) I love love dry humor, but not everybody does. So I'm just like, when I find somebody who, who gets it, I'm like, oh, I can, I can be like that with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, I myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was always another thing, like, become, when I was becoming spiritual, whatever the term is that you even want to say when you have that awakening. I was like, how am I supposed to be spiritual, but also love, like, stand-up comedy? Like, how can I be spiritual and still be able to, like laugh and joke at things like there's so much I feel like of spirituality that takes away that human experience and people are like well I can't be both and that is like such a a battle of trying to balance between the two even on TikTok I'm like can I just if 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 it was like an ideal world I would just have like it all be comedy yeah but that's how I, I like, deal with, that's like how I cope with things. It's like making jokes out of it. And like, that's just how I, I don't know, cope with things, I guess. That's like, I feel like one of the best ways, if you cannot laugh through something mm-hmm. and you're taking yourself way too seriously, like how can you even manage that? How can you get through anything? Where's the light in that? Yeah. You suck all the fun out of it. Or yeah. And laugh. <laughs> and be happy but yeah there's a lot of things just going on right now that make it difficult or you start to feel guilty for like enjoying yourself I think that comes up for me a lot is like feeling guilty because I'm like oh I just I feel peace now for the first time in my life like I've never had this kind of internal peace and sometimes it makes me feel guilty because I'm like wait I don't know am I allowed to feel this way even though things just don't seem like they align with that. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel the same way. Like if I'm not doing something or working towards something, even on a micro scale, if I'm not like, it comes down to so many different things, like making a certain amount of money or, Mm getting into that comparison of other people, like all of those things, like I can feel really guilty when I'm not doing something. Like if I'm just taking time for myself and just chilling out, there's always a voice in the back of my head. That's like, what are you doing? You should be doing something like, and that wasn't always the case for me whatsoever. Like years ago, I felt like even ironically prior to my spiritual awakening I felt like I was more like relaxed in terms of like I can 
I can do this. But as I've gotten older, that voice is like, so aware of the fact that even though I'm still so young, like the time and the clock is ticking, like Mm -hmm. make the most of now, like be, it's like so conflicting, be in the present moment, make the most of now, like do everything, but then don't do everything. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm kind of opposite. I was like, go, go. I never let myself stop. I worked myself to the the bone to burn out. And that was part of also why I got really sick in 2019. I was overworking myself, working five, six days a week. And at the time I was tattooing eyebrows. So I had like a very different sort of job uh, requisite. I don't know. Like I had to like create a very safe space for people to cut their faces open and they would have a lot of anxiety. So they would come in being anxious. And so I would have to be like using every ounce of energy I had to like, like ignore that and try to keep them calm and like, you know, walk them through it. And I'd be exhausted, like so exhausted. So between like that and the relationship that I was in, it was just like, my life force was just like sucked right out. healing them whilst doing it yeah and it was LA too so it's like you know I didn't always have the most easy clients to work with some of them yeah I can't imagine (laughs) that was like the joke it was like I always got the really difficult clients and I could handle it but it was a lot of it was a lot of like stress on me um so but I had always just been like, go, go, go. I'm Mars and Aries sixth house. So like, I don't oh God, know when Aries to- energy can never keep up with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I'm like, you have to like, just like bulldozing through things, but I have to learn <laughs> how to take it like a step back and actually like take care of myself and slow down because that was the thing. I was just like, like, I was just like, go, 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 go. I never knew how to stop. And it was also a distraction from everything that I wasn't dealing with. So that was another part of the awakening was like, everything had to get flipped. And it was like, I, that's, this is how I got into like the, the divine feminine energy because I had such a wounded feminine and I was so in my masculine of just like, do, 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 go, go, go my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it, it hit a point where I was like, I can't keep going like this. It's not sustainable. And so I had to do the opposite. And so much, so much of our society encourages that lifestyle and that way of working and it's not sustainable and you do burn out. And it's funny when you said about divine feminine, because I always felt that like, I don't want this to come across wrong the way I say it, but being, I would say an attractive young woman. I would say you're also one. (laughs) Um, I feel like whenever you're like, well, you know, being pretty, it's like, I'm not trying to say that, but like, you get what I'm trying to say. I felt like I had to like mask myself up, like get more masculine to just even survive in the world. Like I know that when I was dating, like I would always feel like I had to dress less revealing or less provocative or 
try and almost make myself like one of the guys to actually be taken seriously. And so I would always have like a, like a go-to kind of outfit for, for dates in just general. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious because I remember exactly what I was wearing for what my first date with my now husband was. And I look back and I'm like, why the fuck did I wear that? <laughs> what did you wear? <laughs> These really baggy jeans, this thrasher hoodie, my Vans. Like I was just like... What I would do. <laughs> I was very like tomboy ask too so that was the other thing is like same i would wear like big baggy t-shirts all the time and just like jeans and bands so i was like mm-hmm. just like i don't know i loved getting dressed up but it was just like very rare when i would do it i would go through like phases of like being more masculine and then more feminine but i think i've always kind of been more on the masculine side yeah to the feminine yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it doesn't feel safe to do so and yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Like even just coming to the United States from Australia and I was doing this when I was in Australia and the safety that I felt living, living in Sydney is something that I've never been able to find here purely because it's just a completely different dynamic like I would feel so safe walking down my street at three in the morning by myself like no problem and that's just unfortunately not a reality that women feel safe to do that in LA whatsoever and it's not safe it's not that we're again emotionally crazy and paranoid it's like you will just see and hear countless stories of things that have happened so why would you want to step into your divine feminine if that's if that's what's going to happen right and you have to be like on guard all the time that was part of the reason I left LA in 2020 not only did I lose my job because of the lockdowns I was out of work for like six seven months just sitting around like when can I go back to work because I had a job that I couldn't work from home. So what do I do now? And I was living downtown by myself with my dog Riley and I'd have to walk her all the time and I would get harassed on a daily basis. And there was a night after the riots happened, which were traumatizing in themselves. I was like, I had to leave. I came to Vegas to visit my parents because I was like in a 12 hour anxiety attack because someone had gotten in my building and there was, helicopters there was like 30 cops surrounding my building and I was like I can't be here and just like the overall energy was like so intense and then shortly after that I was taking her out right in front of my building at like eight o'clock I tried to not walk her at night but she's very stubborn and wanted to go outside so I took her out there and this guy came up to me with a mask on like mumbling and I was like I don't know what you're saying I'm trying to be like not like freak out because I knew it just like, wasn't going to be a good situation and he wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, my friend was actually coming to pick me up. And I was like, Oh, like my boyfriend's on his way to come get me. And he's like, I don't see him. Where's he at? And he like got in my face and I was like, all right, this is like, not okay. And there was no one around. And because everybody at that time was in lockdown. And so I was like, what the fuck do I do? And I kind of started to walk away, but he kind of cornered me where my back was against the wall almost. 
And where was your dog at that point? I was like dragging her because she's like, she loves everybody. So she just oh like, and so I'm like, ready, like pulling her. And then luckily some other guy walked by and it just like, I don't know, like distracted him. And I walked in right with that guy into my building and he was like, was he bothering you? I was like, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I, I can't be here. Anymore. Like, this is not, I'm a small person and like, that's not a guard dog. No. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had this feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be here. I have to leave regardless of what I'm walking away from. And it, that was a terrifying decision to make. But two nights after I moved out, Spirit was like, hey, I'm going to just give you some confirmation that you made the right choice. Oh, my gosh. Two nights after I moved out, my neighbor sent me an article. My apartment faced the alley in another building. And someone was stabbed and murdered right outside. Oh, my God. In the alley two days after I moved out. So I was like, well, that was my sign that I made the right choice. And I, you know, I left even though it was really difficult to do. But I would have been traumatized. I would have witnessed the entire thing. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's it's funny because people who do not live in L.A. They don't get it. Do not get it. And even when I was, like, before I moved here, I remember there was a select few podcasts that I listened to religiously. And not that they were spiritual podcasts, but they were just podcasts in L.A., and then a couple of them were, you know, female hosts and they would talk about and sometimes joke about like the reality of LA and like I was always just like even even as a woman I was like skeptical that, that was even true until actually coming and living here and even the first I would say six months even a year I still feel like I didn't quite get the severity of it and I didn't quite understand like the reality of what really goes on and before coming here I like and all my friends would agree with me I'm a street wise person I've traveled a lot I've been to a lot of different countries I've lived overseas prior to living in the United States in major cities. I told you that. And I yeah. It was, so it was so different. So different. And nothing is ever compared to it here. Like, yeah. ever. It's uh, one of a kind. The thing is, too, is like, I moved to LA when I was 23 in 2013. And I was there for seven years. And I never felt unsafe like I did the last, like, year that I was there and the last year and a half was downtown um and I think that was also part of it it was just a very different energy down there sorry my dogs are barking but they are my security that's why I have two giant dogs um <laughs> good <laughs> what's the energy like from Vegas to LA like how does it feel different like is it just completely I've never been to Vegas just FYI so no I know I actually am like tempted because I I know it's like a destination people say you gotta visit yeah I mean I 
luckily live like 30 minutes away from the strip. So I'm not in like the Vegas that you think of when you think of Vegas, because that's not, not my vibe anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more by the mountains. So it's actually been such a breath of fresh air for me. And that's why I feel like it was so divinely guided that I came here when I did, because like I said, LA was just getting so crazy and I couldn't continue healing in that space either. Um, just because of everything that I was, that was around me. Um, I needed to just get like, like rip the bandaid off. And just, yeah. And, um, so here I've been able to like reconnect with nature and like be outside more, get sunlight. I was like a vampire in LA, which didn't make any sense. I never saw the light of day. So I was always working before I was microblading. I worked five, seven days a week. Like I had an office job and then I did makeup on the weekends, which was driving around all LA and I never stopped working. So this time with like the pandemic and everything, everybody had that moment to just like reconfigure like where your life was going and what you were doing with your life. Yeah. So it's given me a lot of time to reflect and figure things out. And that's where I was like, I feel like I'm moving more in this direction of healing. And I just had this like knowing. And to me, I think for a while I was judging it because I was like, what are you, are you sure? <laughs> like you were doing so well with this other thing, but it was like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. Like you need to study, you need to practice, you need to, you know, get yourself in the best health that you can be because something's coming. Like I just intuitively knew it. I didn't know how or why. And I know a lot of people thought I was crazy for that. And oh now my gosh. Like, the other day, like the confirmation was just like, <sighs> I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. So it's, no one understands that, that often, like it really does make it difficult to explain something that you don't even know how to explain yourself. So they're like, well, what are you basing this off? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I've always just gotten like visions of where I was headed. That's how I got to LA. Like, Interesting. Around... So you see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I see the vision and I'm like, okay. And usually it'll resonate and I move, take the inspired action towards that vision. Cause I'm like, okay, now I just have to take the steps to get me there. So But when I had this vision, it was completely different than like being in the beauty industry. It was like, you're going to go be a healer and you're going to go be like seen. And my biggest fear was being seen and heard. And so I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Like, can I do something else where I'm like in the background? Because I was always just like in the background of things. And my heart self was like, no, no, this is your time now. Like, it's just you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. So that's where I knew, like, I had to do a lot of inner work, a lot of inner child healing. She was terrified of being seen and being heard. And so I was slowly tiptoeing towards that vision. And that's when I like started getting on TikTok. But that was like, like a year and a half into having that vision of being like, mm, I don't want to do it though. Like, I'm too scared. Yeah. And so it's been like little bits. Um, and like the first time I had a video go viral, I freaked, I freaked out. I was like, 
oh my god like what do i do no like, it's hard <laughs> it's it is hard like especially if it's a polarizing video mm. i know when one of my videos went viral and it was like millions of views viral yeah some of the comments were so mean and so awful i just had to completely ignore any of yeah. them it's also fear of people seeing like i don't necessarily care as much with strangers seeing me on the internet it's yeah. people i know that really upset me <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, if they're I, like i love this i love your tiktok it's so amazing i'm still like like it makes you do you oh, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and so it was like anytime a video went viral even a little bit i would like like contract again and then i wouldn't post for like a week or something because i'd be like ah like i'd be so nervous I'm like, oh shit, now there's like a bigger group of people, like more eyes on you. And it's overwhelming. I mean, at least for me, it was very overwhelming. It still is. It's still just like, but now I'm getting used to it. And I just kind of like, no, I've been being prepared. That's why I was like, I had to just keep going. And now we're here in this space where it's like, we're all kind of stepping into a whole new version of ourselves, especially healers and light workers, whatever you claim or resonate with. It's like, we've all been doing this, like in the shadows of it, like very yeah. behind the scenes, we've all been in hermit mode and just doing the work. And now it's like, we're here to show the rest of the people who haven't really caught on yet, how to do that and why it's important. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, you just reminded me because I was thinking back. I don't know exactly when it was, but there was a trend on TikTok, for, like spiritual TikTok for a while, which was about the divine feminine and the dark. Is it dark feminine or dark divine feminine? Dark divine feminine. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? And it was like quite recent, but it was, it's like a lot of people were posting about it. Yeah, because the divine feminine is also the dark feminine. And that's the part of the feminine that's been demonized and abandoned and wounded. And she's been oppressed. And it's like the wild woman. It's the, yeah. um, you know, those archetypes of the darker feminine, which are all of it. And mm -hmm. all of it's amazing and beautiful. But because of this patriarchal system too, it's the gaslighting of like, oh, that's like not acceptable or whatever. Um, so that's definitely what's coming up and being activated. It's like, no, no, that's your power though. The dark feminine is the power behind mm -hmm. it. And that's what's being lit up right now in everybody. Yeah, just also that ancestral, like mm -hmm. that DNA, like, when this was all happening, I remember we were talking and I was saying how it felt, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it was deep history coming out. Like yeah. I could feel all of the experiences my, my own mother had had with miscarriage and her own pregnancies that were traumatic and her grandma, that's my grandma, her mother and so on and so forth. And I don't necessarily want to go into it, but 
my own experience as well, which has pretty much been pretty re-traumatizing this entire time. And that's such an intense, like, culmination of energy all at once. But you get to a point, especially if you have somewhat of a platform where you do want to talk about it, but you also don't even know how to address it because it is such a polarizing topic. And if I was to give the full, raw, detailed experience of everything that ever happened to me and, you know, no, there would be people out there who couldn't receive it and couldn't hear it anyway. So it's almost like, and I know I'm not the only woman that that doesn't want to necessarily talk about her experience with pregnancy, but it's like, no wonder this conversation is so taboo is like, we can't speak about it in a safe container anyway. Yeah. It's funny you say taboo too. I had, I wrote that down on my notes here, um, is Scorpio. So the nodes, the North node and the South node moved into Taurus and Scorpio in January. And so they're in that configuration for a year and a half. And the South Node being in Scorpio is what we're coming out of and we're moving towards the Taurus. So Scorpio is about death, rebirth, transformation, as well as the darkness, the mysteries, the taboo, the secrets, the things that, that, that have been hidden. And now we're seeing that on a bigger scale of all of that coming to light. And it's because so many of us have been anchoring that light within us. And when you shine light on the shadow, it doesn't like that. Mm-mm. And that's why people will be triggered by you if they haven't done that work where you're triggering their shadows with your light. And that's kind of what's happening on a collective scale right now. It's like, we're all starting to shine the light in the dark spaces and we're not afraid to start talking about them now. And I feel like this has just accelerated that that growth, that evolution that we're going to be transmuting all of this. Yeah. I couldn't say it better if I tried. (laughs) (laughs) You hit, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like that's, that's exactly what's happening. And I, it's, it's going to be a long road I feel, but you know, they always say it's, the darkest before the dawn and things when they start to fall apart or falling together. And that's the only slither of hope that I'm holding on to is that there's, there's gotta be, there has to be. And if history repeats itself, there is going to be a way out that is going to eventually like the truth and love is going to prevail. Absolutely. No, I feel that for sure. And yeah, the Scorpio energy, it's like, it's, it's just bringing everything to light. And with the death and rebirth, it's like we're in the rebirth process right now. I was talking about this on my lives for like weeks during the eclipse season of being like, we're in the birth canal right now. Like, that's why it feels like nothing, everything felt stagnant. Everything just kind of felt stuck. Like nothing was happening, at least for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, no, um, me too. Yeah. And so now it's like, we just got a big push. Right. And so you can think of it as like birthing something brand new. We're birthing a new reality. 
and we just got a huge push. So now it's like we're we're coming out into something totally new, totally different. But it's chaotic in the moment because it's like you gotta keep you gotta push and you know, pop the baby up. And we're popping out <laughs> a whole new way, a whole new version of all of us and collectively. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah. That metaphor is quite literally figurative and literal of what's like <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the the light workers, it's almost like we're midwifing humanity into this new I don't know what you want, new paradigm. Yeah. Hi. But none of us really have an idea of like what that actually is going to look like because we've been in uncharted territory since 2020 for sure. Yeah. Where everything changed. Like nothing, every step we take is one of just like trusting and just being like, all right, let's see how it's going to go. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm just going to trust that it's, it's right. And divine timing is going to always pan out. So I think that's what we've been anticipating waiting for. And now it's just accelerated. Yeah. Finding a balance of being proactive, but at the same time, trusting that this is the journey and that for whatever messed up reason, this is what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't, end in a civil war <laughs> divided country i don't i i have a feeling that something good is coming sooner than we may think that's just me maybe wishful thinking but i'm just trying to hold the vision of what i want to see happen not what is being shown to us because that's also part of it it's like that's just an illusion that's not the full truth and we know this now we know that what they're showing us isn't actually the full truth. So more has to come to light for people to really snap out of it. And that's why I compare it a lot to like an abusive relationship where it's like you get to a point where you finally see it for what it is. It sometimes has to get to a really bad breaking point where you're like, you snap out of it and yeah. then you're like, oh, no more. And then, but you have to see it in order to heal it and feel it so we're in the midst of that right now that's beautiful and I literally just feel like that's like the perfect note to like tie everything we just said together like I don't even want to like taint what you just said <laughs> I want to end this on a, like a positive note and have that faith that it's gonna work out so yeah, I want to let that be the last little nugget of truth that we can let sink in for everyone. Because yeah, we create our own reality. So if enough of us hold a vision for a better reality, then we can shift ourselves into that timeline. Yeah. It's going to so, take a collective effort for sure. Exactly. And that's where like this unity consciousness is what's being like reconfigured right now. Hi. Well, buckle up everyone cuz it's a bumpy ride. I've been saying that. Yeah, buckle up cuz it's, it's it's just a time to really take care of yourself in 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, all of it. Because it's our body that's um, processing all these new frequencies as well. So we have to be taking care of ourselves. And it's cancer season. So it's like the epitome of radical self-care. Yeah. Radical self-care. Mm-hmm. Boy, I need to do some <laughs> radical self-care. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm going to... This is our first recording, so I'm, I, I don't know how to end these things. But we'll stop there because, like I said, that last nugget of truth was my chef's kiss. Um, but this was such an easy conversation and like, I had so much fun chatting with you. Like I knew it was going to be smooth and easy, but like, okay, we'll just, we'll just wing it because it's just going to flow and spirit's just going to like bring, I know I'm sweating. Like I always get so hot when I'm doing any kind of energy work or like healing or anything. It's like, I can still have chills on my body, but I'm sweating at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> that's okay um all right well i will love you and leave you and hopefully this recorded properly yeah definitely let me know how it goes i will <laughs> <laughs>